All right, it's been a long time, but we are back. Welcome back to Just the Tip with your host, me, everyone's favorite JJ. Or so I'd like to think. So, yeah, guys, it's been a while. Sorry about that. Um, lots of crazy stuff has been happening. Um, recently, with my Monzai partner, we have the big M1 tournament, which stands for Monzai 1. And Monzai, for you that don't know, is the Japanese style of dual comedy. And the way that I explain it to a lot of people recently is um, basically... Stand-up comedy with two people like Martin Shorn and uh, Steve Martin's newest Netflix special. Basically, when I saw that, I was like, that's mm, pretty much Japanese comedy in a nutshell. Done with foreigners. But yeah, so recently, um, we've been preparing for that. We wrote some new material, and we've been going around Tokyo at all these different stages and mixing with all these different comedians, doing our stuff, but... Damn, I gotta tell you, being a foreigner doing Japanese comedy is hard. The expectations are so high for me. Everyone's just like, oh, you know, you turn up and you look white. Huh, you're already funny. I'm like, fucking racist bastards. But they're really not. It's just like, they just don't know it. <laughs> but um, Japanese, com uh, Japanese comedians, even... Even the lowest and not popular Japanese comedians are actually really freaking good. There's this one girl I saw um, two days ago, and then I saw her again at another live show like uh, three weeks ago. She's just this overweight, uh, chubby girl, but I don't know. She's She can't be, like, turn, turned on. <laughs> she can't be, like acting the whole time but she's literally the same person as she is when she's um on stage talking and that's just a really funny bubbly friendly girl and man is she funny um two days ago the show she did she stuck two flutes up her nose and played some famous japanese song like how do you even do that like is is it even human like can you breathe out of one nostril Nah, I don't know. It's something to do with the flute, right? <laughs> but yeah, she is so freaking funny. At the end, she tried to kiss me too. If it was TV, I'd probably cheat myself out and do it, but nah. <laughs> She's like three of me. <laughs> but again, love her. Super funny. Um, So M1, again, going back to that, is Japan's once a year greatest of the great manzai comedians. No foreigner has ever won it. Until me. No, I'm joking. I haven't won it yet. But um, no foreigner has ever won it. Um, one one foreigner has ever made it. No, not Monsei. Sorry. There's another one where they do just one comedian. Like uh, stand-up. Not, not like stand-up comedy, though. But only one comedian does their bits. And that guy is now super famous in Japan, a foreign American guy named Atsugiri Jason, but he has his one phrase, why Japanese people, which he yells at the uh, top of his lungs, and everyone in Japan keeps referring me to that guy, and telling me to do his joke, which is a comedian, fuck off, right? Like, I don't want to do someone else's material, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure I'm not the only white blonde haired guy that gets asked to do his things all the time. 
But he didn't even beat the thing, and just getting into the semifinals got him into the limelight. Um, now he's, you know, one-hit wonder, but props to that guy for doing good. Um, what was I going to say? Sorry, sorry, sorry. So with M1, basically there's five stages, and then you get on TV. And if you get on TV, you're rich and famous like that guy I just mentioned. But um, before that, there's five stages, and those are non-televised, and that's, you know, weeding through the fat. So me and my Monsai partner are beginning the first stage in two days now. So we wrote a new bit and uh, practicing it all over and fixing it up. But my, my Monsai partner wrote it, and I don't like it. <laughs> like... I have a different style of comedy than him, which I call funny, which most people would call funny. But um, whatever. If he laughs at his own jokes, well, hey, whatever, you know. But I'm going to be changing that because I want to make this new form of comedy, which is a whole nother story. But anyways, we're five minutes in. And I haven't even, got, haven't even got to the topic that I wanted to talk about with you guys. I'm just talking about where the hell I've been, which is also probably on some people's minds right now, too. Where the hell was my podcast, Josh? So my uh, jiu-jitsu teacher, who surprisingly is listening to me in my podcast, was actually asking me to bring this back. So, hey, Sterling, this one's dedicated to you, bro. But all you other people's just chattling, chattling, listening to this bumbling fool who's lived in Japan so long his English is turning into English. Um, yeah, keeping you up to date. So um, today on today's podcast, I want to talk about something that a lot of podcasts or YouTubers or people that go to Japan in general with any social media don't want to tiptoe on because they're afraid people will harpoon them and put them on a freaking crucifix and crucify them and deny their re-entry into Japan. And I want to talk about the dark side of Japan. So everyone that comes to Japan believes in these brightly covered streets and Pokemon flying around and geisha girls and fucking sushi at every corner. And besides that being nothing like Japan, there's also a side of Japan that doesn't get televised or put in the media as much as it should be, and that's the dark areas that we're going to talk a little bit around. So there is a lot to the dark areas that even, as I mentioned, um... People don't talk about I'm going to talk about a lot of it, but there's some that I can't even talk about. Well, maybe. <laughs> um, so the one thing I wanted to start off with is basically um, foreigners in Japan. <laughs> I'm going to talk shit about my peeps now. But um, a lot of foreigners in Japan, um, how to say this nice? They are in a state of not wanting to grow up, let's say. Um, I heard this term somewhere before, but not many people know about it, so I'm going to say I coined it. I'm stealing it. I'm bringing it back. And it's called Peter Pan Syndrome. So basically, when people come to Japan, whether they're boys or girls or old men or freaking crazies, they have what we call Peter Pan Syndrome. I don't want to grow up. So... Yeah, I've met like 40 and 50 year old people and they talk like they're teenagers about going to the bar and getting laid every every day. They're pathetic. 
but weirdly enough, they get it. But that's another story. But a lot of people, too, they come here and uh, they just think that it's like a vacation. And the next thing you know, they're here for 20 plus years and they're the same man-child or I don't even know what the female form of man-child is. Man-woman? Man-woman-child? <laughs> that doesn't make sense at all. Uh, as you can tell, I'm going crazy. It's uh, 1230 almost here. And I'm just trying to get all this good-ass news out to you peeps. But, um, yeah, so... And these people are crazy, man. They've been here for 20 years doing the same job. Um, This other guy I know, man, he's an actor. And he thinks he's the best actor in Japan. And everyone also says he's the best actor in Japan. But he's been here for 20 years... And in the same place he was when he first got here. And I got to think, man, like, why? Right? Life is about progress. And if you're not progressing, then you're stuck in this form of limbo. And by the time you wake up from the dream, you're dead. And basically, that's Japan. Japan is that death pit. Japan is that death trap. And you see it all the damn time. Especially if you go out to the bars. And there's the same old guys there the whole time creeping. And just the other day, I went to the bar with a friend. And we sat down at the counter. And this guy that looked like the, the dude from, uh, uh, what's it called? That Johnny Depp movie. Uh, something in Las Vegas. I, it's such a good movie. I can't believe I can't remember the name right now. Uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. There you go. Now you guys won't kill me for that one. He looked like the same get-up, like the same, like, rapey glasses and bucket hat. And the guy was, like, walking back and forth from one end to the other end, obviously looking for a girl to talk to. But he looked so shady as shit that even the the sluttiest barhound wouldn't, like, get close to that guy. And he kept, like, looking at me and my buddy like he wanted to talk to us or sit at our table. And... I was just like, man, if that guy comes near me, I'm going to, like, poke my eyeballs out with, like, this pen right here. And just, he's not even the weirdest one that go to bars in Japan, man. Because not only are the Peter Pan syndrome foreigners there, but there's also another type of male foreigner that um, my buddy calls the Captain Charisma, and that's based off a internet comic you can search up and find, and that's basically like, I'm the best, I'm the best looking foreigner from my country that's come to Japan. I get all the women, and da 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 da. And these guys are pathetic and just so crazy, but there's so many in Japan, it's annoying. And like, it's different than like a pickup artist or a playboy who actually has game. These guys just think they're the shit because they got laid once and. They go and lay the same girls as the other slime balls <laughs> in this rotation. But, um, I mean, hey, shit, to each their own, right? I say slime ball, people say my husband, so whatever floats your boat, I guess. But the Peter Pan syndrome, I mean, I'm talking about in a negative light, but it can also be seen in a positive light. I mean, I'd be a liar if I didn't say I have it myself a bit. So it's my birthday coming up on September 23rd this month and or this month almost in just a couple days a couple days fucking hell what am I smoking here in Japan
that will get me fined $10,000 and put in jail for 10 years. No, I'm joking. I didn't do any of that. Don't rat me out. Um, but yeah, so it's almost my birthday and I'm in my 30s, but I feel like I'm in my 20s and I'm doing things that 20-year-olds only wish they could do. And uh, yeah, I got a bit of Peter Pan syndrome. I'll probably be in a walker in a couple years, but fucking jumping off cliffs in some Japan mountains, which I've done before and is very fun. But actually, you shouldn't go in the water in Japan. That's another story. It's dirty as hell. Um, okay, but yeah, so Peter Pan syndrome, foreigners not want to grow up, and uh, basically, I have I have a lot of friends in the acting and comedy world that are foreigners, but outside of that, a lot of my friends just kind of pass by. And a reason for that, too, is there's this... When we say Peter Pan syndrome and not wanting to grow up, it seems like a lot of people don't want to grow up from being in high school. So a lot of foreigners talk shit and they talk behind their back. And if you even know what a J vlogger is or a Japan vlogger, as they call them, uh, there there's a handful of them, I think, on YouTube and things like that, that introduce Japanese culture and talk about Japan every day on their YouTube channel. Um, basically, they're just a group, a handful, a cult almost in Japan. And uh, they just shit talk each other and hate each other and talk behind their back and blah, blah, blah. But basically, that's every foreigner in Japan. Hell, you could say even I'm doing it right now. The only difference is I don't point point people out, point names and stuff. And yeah, just get rid of it. I'd rather have no friends than friends like that, man. But um, yeah, it's like high school again. It's so annoying. So if you come to Japan, just live your dream. <laughs> Be the lone wolf. Nah, I'm just joking. There's good people too. And then, okay, another part of the dark side of Japan that you don't see. So next part, um, I was going to title it racism, but I don't think it's really racism. I think it's... Uh, Japanese people are like an innocent child when it comes to racism. Uh, what was it? Recently, there was a big uproar about a famous comedian that did blackface. And people were like, oh my god, he's racist. And I was like, no. You know what it is? Japan didn't have a slave history. So when we think about blackface in the West, in America, blackface was, uh, you know, a horrible thing that they did to portray black people in the media doing over-exaggerated stereotypes. But in Japan, they're stereotypes, and it looks very similar to that. But that just comes from doing stereotypes. So if you ever watch anime in Japan, or if you ever meet a Japanese girl, Japanese girls will compliment foreigners by saying you have a big nose. The first time I heard that, I was like, what the fuck, bitch? Like, I just met you and you're insulting me? You're saying I have a big nose? Or in the West, too, I mean, a big nose means like, uh, you know, a rich snob kind of thing, right? Or in a worse term, I've heard is a Jew schnoz. <laughs> Sorry, that's not funny, but it actually is. Um, but when it's used in a derogatory war, uh, term, not in a comedic way, it's pretty offensive. And I think it's crappy, but in a comedic way, like Dave Chappelle or something, it's freaking funny. Because stereotypes are the building blocks of how we understand a person or something we don't know. That's how we get stereotypes. Uh, be, living in Japan, I meet people from all different countries, and 
I find out the things that I thought were true were not true. And uh, these people open the world and uh, the truths to their cultures to me. So um, without the stereotypes, yeah, I, I would have lived in a lie, basically. Lived in the Matrix. But um, with Japan, I mean, it's funny the not the black face. The black face isn't even that often. I've never seen it. And in the case that they did do it, it was a comedian trying to portray Eddie Murphy from the film Beverly Hills Cop. So it's just like a Saturday Night Saturday Night Live skit or some comedy bit. They didn't have any racism tension to it, but all the African Americans living in Japan threw a big fit. It went in the media and then all these people tried to make Japan look out like a racist when actually they were helping Eddie Murphy's career and helping young Japanese people learn about Eddie Murphy. But anyways, so when it does come to racism, it is mainly just stereotypes. Like I said, the big nose foreigners and stuff like that, which you'll still see in manga drawings today. But um, Japanese don't mean to do it on purpose. It's just the way that they see it, right? Uh, when they sh draw themselves in anime mangas, they have like this really dotted, small-ass nose that's almost barely not there. And you'd think, oh yeah, you, you fuckers want to draw the ugliest part of the face small so you guys look better looking. But it's not even that. They just, they do have a small nose. And it does have this little curve and point to it. <laughs> like the bridge of your nose. Uh, I never noticed it until someone said, but yeah. Japanese people don't have that bridge in their nose and I remember meeting a little Japanese girl once and I went to her and I said uh, oh look it looks like you don't have the bridge of your nose like me and I did this a couple times to a couple kids and they were just like oh yeah why not I wonder why but this little girl looked up and she smiled and she said yes I know my mommy told me that God took it from me when I was a little girl <laughs> and that's why Japanese people don't have noses <laughs> and she just smiled laughed and walked away and I was like that's so cute what what a positive outlook on life <laughs> that's completely wrong but <laughs> but yeah that's just one of those good uh memories you get while living in Japan but back to the story again I'm always driving off the path like a wild man uh Japanese aren't really racism per se I'm sure there's racist people but um, most Japanese are very open and kind to foreigners and uh, very, they, they know more about other countries than I know about my own country or other countries as well. Um, a lot of Japanese travel as well, like going for exchanges or business meetings, a lot more than Canadians do, I think. And uh, a lot of Japanese people will be like, oh, yeah, I've been to Niagara Falls, I've been to Vancouver City, I've been here and here and here. Do you know this? Do you know this? I'm like, whoa, I don't even know about that. And I've lived there. Not in Niagara Falls, though. Um, and yeah, man, like, Japanese is really cool. They don't have any racism in them, I don't think, because of just a lot of changes from wars and uh, a lot of the positive impacts they have with television promoting global things in that like in Canada I don't remember a lot of worldly TV channels except for like Discovery Channel which I mean was boring when you're a kid um, but Japan has lots of variety shows where the comedians go to different places around the world 
introduce culture and then introduce funny parts of that culture or comedy in that culture so people are able to enjoy it from all ages and laugh and share these times and yeah they do good on that and spreading the cheer but there are some parts where foreigners or as I try to call it as people from other countries the foreigner title is pretty bad in Japan and if you know much about kanji in Japan or Japanese they call foreigners gaijin which in the kanji gai means outside and jin means person so person outside person from outside our country or outside our society so when it comes to foreigners being marginalized or uh, getting put down by the man in Japan uh, a lot of it comes to your visa status in Japan so Japan is very strict with their visas. Um, one part of that is because a lot of Philippines and people from Philippines or Thailand are basically this, a lot of countries that deal with the sex trade. So they want to get into the sex trade to get basically dirty money and rich really quick by doing bad things. Bad things, quotation marks. Um, so they limited, they changed the visas so that people entering have specific job titles. But in a way, that kind of screwed over their entertainment industry with foreigners because then foreigners have to get an entertainment visa. And if you get an entertainment visa, you can't work at a bar, you can't work at a uh, anywhere else but TV or, um, well, the entertainment industry, basically. But the problem with that is it doesn't pay anymore. Yes, so being an actor and a comedian like me, um, although the comedians are only for foreigners in Japan, uh, acting or doing commercials and that, although the pay is good, it's just not a regular job. You'll get maybe three shoots a month if you're lucky, and if you can make maybe $500, and damn, you're rolling in the dough, basically. But the problem with that is it doesn't pay the bills. So for a lot of my friends, for example, that are on uh, these entertainment visas, they're not making a good living, although the life sounds glorious. Me, I don't want to talk about what I do because to some people it could be shady and could get me in trouble, I don't know. But I get around that. I tiptoe. I do my Scarface card and I make sure that I get what I want to get because I'm a hustler, brava, and that's how I roll. So basically I'm in the entertainment industry, I'm a comedian, and I do jobs on the side. But if you really want to know the dir dirty secret to that, it's called working outside your visa permission slip that you can get. And that's a pain in the butt too. Um, so when you do immigration in Japan too, it's a long wait and a long line and they are unfriendly as hell to you, although their job is probably stressful as fuck. I could not imagine what their life goes through, so I try to be nice to them and I've never had a problem, but you hear the horror stories all the time in Japan. And every year when you change your visa, you're looking at a waiting time of six hours no it's not that bad like three hours but it feels like six hours and then uh in japan yeah i've never had any racism towards me except the first year that i went to japan i lived in osaka and i went to kyoto and in kyoto 
me and an Australian guy went to a bar and they just flat out said no foreigners and my Australian buddy freaking lost his shit and was like dude I want one freaking beer I'm giving you money I'm a customer blah 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 and I'm like ah oh, dude just chill I understand how the guy feels in Kyoto they have so many foreigners all the time and there's bad ones that are throwing garbage around and swearing and getting too drunk and harassing women so I could see how people build a racist, racist tendency but there are a lot of people in Kyoto that are not racist and uh, the ones that you do meet just pass them by but yeah, racism in Japan, it's not there, but being a gaijin is a hard knock life, I tell ya. So the only reason why a comedian like me that's struggling and trying hard and uh, doing live shows every day is not making it to the top, one of those reasons, being a white foreigner. But in the world of entertainment, I also understand it too. Like another friend of mine that, or well, like the buddy of mine that's been in Japan for 20 years and still trying to be an actor. Same kind of thing. If you look at a Japanese, who's a famous Japanese actor in Hollywood? There's none, really. Maybe one or two that I can't think of right now, but the fact that I can't think of them, they're not that famous. So Hollywood, they want to push their own guys, pretty much. Japan, they want to push their own guys. Understandable. But doesn't mean that I'm going to stop and doesn't mean that I'm not going to make it. Just watch. All right, returning to the dark times of Japan. The last one I want to talk to you today because this podcast is going a little long. My throat is getting itchy and I need to sleep to get ready for the next live show coming up. Is... The Japanese Chikans or molesters that is a huge ass problem in japan now this ain't new news and it's not that foreigners have not talked about it before but what i am going to talk to you about is the mindset of it how it works and how it should be stopped and let's start with that how it should be stopped woman only trains why they don't have it actually they did have it before i think it was like 10 20 years ago and uh, a lady told me recently they did have it. She, and she complained about it too. I was like, what the fuck? But she was like, when I entered the train, it was just like a big wave of whoosh, girls perfume. So she's like, oh, I hated doing it. And I was like, yeah, you'd rather be felt up. So the biggest problem with the Chikans are, of course, in Jap Japan's trains. Basically, when they're in the manin densha or completely filled up trains. And the problem is usually older men from their 40s and up that have no girlfriend, I would imagine, or are anime otakus, and they think that it's fine that they can pull down their pants in a train and rub their bare genitalias on the back of a woman, which, as crazy as that sounds, happens way too often. Um... A couple of Japanese girls I dated here, actually most Japanese girls I dated here, which I'm not talking in numbers, but you can probably go on your triple digits. No, I'm just joking. I'm putting myself too high there, but you know, I get around. Um, <laughs> but going back to that, yeah, most Japanese girls I've ever dated or known or whatever have all had a Chikan molester experience. And recently I bumped into one of these and I felt helpless too, because I didn't know what the hell to do. 
Basically, if anyone is molesting someone or if a girl is being molested, they're supposed to yell Chikan and then people are aware and then they can bring them to the police officer. But the only problem with that is, of course, the molester or guy flashing his genitalia is going to say, I didn't do it. And then it's a he said, she said problem and there's no cameras in the train, which is also like a easy fix, I think, if you pay some taxpayer money, which people would not mind. Like, I, would, I wouldn't even mind if my tax money went for cameras in the train. But they don't have cameras in the train and it's a he said, she said battle. So none of the molesters ever get caught and Japanese girls just feel like it's not, not worth reporting. But what happens now, hold on, I'm just going to have a drink of water. What happened actually recently, my Chikan story, I didn't get Chikan, but let me tell you. So I was on the train and I was against the door. So I was against the door facing the inside of the train. And in front of me was a weird old man. And then in front of him was this probably, it looked like a 16 year old girl, but with Japanese girls, you never know. But she was young. And uh, I noticed him itches private. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, you shouldn't do that in train. And uh, next thing I know is I noticed his hands were actually going in his pants and he was touching his privates. And I was like, oh shit, okay, maybe it was itchy. Um, but then I noticed it again and he was tugging and I was like oh damn like this is my first molester I caught on the train what do I do and he keeps trying to get close to this girl and it's a packed in train right so no one's noticing and I'm the one behind this guy so I'm actually noticing his hand going and I'm touching himself so I'm like damn I gotta do something so I was like what do I do and I'm trying to look around at the train and I'm pointing with my head, you know, look at this guy over here. And people are looking at me like, oh, God, what the hell is this crazy foreigner doing? Right. Because they don't understand the context. And so I wrote on my phone on like the drawing app and I messaged like the guy behind you is doing some crazy stuff. Move away in Japanese. But she didn't look my way. And I'm like, damn, what do I have to do? Do I yell Chikan? But then I'm like, if I yell Chikan, this guy's going to say I'm a liar. And then uh, he'll go to the police and then I'll look like the bad guy. And uh, then maybe he might slap me or he might touch me with the hand that he just fondled his dick with, which I wasn't down with either. And uh, I could choke him out, but then I go to jail because, hey, who are they going to believe, the foreigner or the Japanese guy? And one got assaulted. So, I mean, I, I basically felt helpless as a Japanese girl. I was like, what the hell do I do? And then it dawned on me, the only thing I can do is take a video. So I took out my camera and I tried to get a video, but uh, by the time I pulled it out and pulled it out, <laughs> by the time I got my camera out <laughs> and uh, started recording, I couldn't get a good shot and he was gone. And I was just like baffled. I was like, what a horrible thing. So I left the train and I caught up to the, the girl and I tried to tell her like, the guy that was behind you was a creeper. Be careful if he follows you, which was ha looking like it's happening. And she looked at me like I was a crazy guy, right? Always the unsung hero that doesn't get any respect. You try to do good, but whatever. But yeah, that was uh, the craziest Chikan story I've ever had in Japan. But the craziest story I ever heard in Japan is this one. And this is the one that's going to make you think twice to get into a train if you're a female. 
So there was a Japanese co-worker, I guess you would say. I don't, I don't even remember who told me the story. But anyway, so this girl was telling me the story. And her co her friend, co-worker, whatever, uh, went on the train in Japan. And uh creepy old man behind her, she thought he was doing something weird. And he kept brushing up against her butt. And she stayed away from him and moved away. And he kept coming. And then... Uh, she was just like creeped out by him and then she got off the station and she was like, oh, thank God. And then she reached her hand around, get ready for it. And she felt a slimy white substance on the back of her jacket. Ugh. Yeah, the old guy blew his load on the back of her jacket. And so basically she had to go and phone her work. And she was like, I don't know how I'm going to say this, but uh, yeah, I'm not coming into work. I am traumatized for the rest of my life. And uh, yeah, right away their work was like, what happened? She explained and they're like, yep, take a week off. Take a week off and see a shrink. And when I heard this story, man, I was so like, damn, like if. If that guy did that to that little girl, I would choke the guy out and I would go to jail. Because I could rot in a jail, jail cell for a year knowing that I made that guy probably never do that again. So I'd probably choke him out and then kick him in the head once. Um, but yeah, like for a girl to to experience that crazy of hell, like damn, man. And she'll probably never recover from that. And when I think of that horrible story and how many more horrible stories or how many more women that guy preyed on or other guys have preyed on, Japan is messed, man. And if you think that's dark, then wait till you look into the sex trades and the, uh, the other crazy shit that goes on in Japan, man. Japan has this nice image. But there's a huge dark side to it. And even two years ago, in a in an area where most people walk by, but at 2 a.m. there's usually no one out. But at 2 a.m. a yak shot another yak through a window of a karaoke place, I guess, and shot him dead. And then the problem with that stuff is that was in Japanese news for three days. Japanese news, websites, newspapers, all that. And then it gets erased after three days. So if you look on Japanese news sites, even the Japan Times too, they delete their news so it can't be researched. And uh, Japan always has kind of a clean image, doesn't it? So anyways, yeah. Um, in Japanese world of entertainment, we're not supposed to talk about that stuff. But in the entertainment world of Hollywood and stuff, that's what entertainers are supposed to do. Is supposed to shine light on the problems of the world and fight that stuff with the power that they gain by being an entertainer. Um, so yeah, for all those listening, I hope you enjoyed those stories and I hope you learned a little bit more about Japan. Um, on this app, Anchor, you can actually send me voice messages. So if you have any questions about today's stories or any questions you want to be talked about on the next podcast, please let me know. Um, if you made it this far into my podcast, that means you either love my voice, love my stories, or just love me. But if you haven't, well, damn, sorry about that. And uh, 
Actually, let me know too, because um, I don't mind doing these podcasts by myself, but I love always having someone. And I feel that too, having an interviewer, having a friend talk on the podcast is a little more interesting than little old me. But um, hey, I could be wrong. I could be fucking awesome. So let me know. And uh, yeah, uh, sorry about the long wait. And I will be doing these weekly podcasts again. Maybe I should upload them on YouTube too. I don't know yet. Because I'm hella busy. But yeah, enjoy life, have fun, and come from from Japan. It's JJ, and I'll be back. See you guys.